Welcome to episode 131 of This Week in Marketing Show, also known as The Twim Show. This is your host, Sajid Islam, and today I'll be going over the notable news and updates in the digital marketing space from the week of October 17th, 2022. First off, we're going to start off with uh, some earnings update from Snapchat. Snapchat has just published their Q3 2022 earnings report. Um, you know, again, if you have been following us for some time uh, on our show, you know I like to cover these updates because a uh, lot of the earnings dictate how the platform is doing, where they're going, and what they may do in the future, and what opportunities may exist for you, the business owner. Okay, with that, let's dive in. So revenue for Snapchat has increased 6% year over year to $1.13 billion in the quarter ending uh, or quarter Q3 2022 so that would be the um, uh, never mind I was just trying to do the math in my head uh, what Q3 represented it but uh, I guess this is being October so this would be something from uh, July August September Uh, that would be the three months average revenue per user was three dollars and eleven cents in q3 2022 compared to three dollars and 49 cents in q3 2021 which basically means it's a few cents short of from last year which is understandable and snapchat also addressed that just because you know they had some strong headwinds the digital marketing industry slowed down because of all the ups and downs in the economy plus also some effects from the apple att update uh, what's interesting the average revenue per user also known as arpu was uh, in the us was eight dollars and 13 cents uh, for q3 and arpu in rest of the world category was 89 cents so this basically shows that snapchat is making a lot of money from the us whereas rest of the users while they are quite active and you'll see in the next update they are not contributing as much in the bottom line as us is doing although they are consuming a lot of the snapchat uh, resources and this as a business owner to you may kind of help you decide where you should deploy your resources and what you should do next uh, daily active users uh, was 363 million in 2022 it's an increase of 57 million or 19 percent year over year uh, you know it's again it's majority of his growth was added in the rest of the world category which was 45 million uh, users year over year right the other interesting thing is the snapchat has reached over 1.5 million paying customers using snapchat uh, plus which is their paid subscription and is now available in 170 countries okay uh, so that's it that's all there is folks so basically the users who are using snapchat in the users are contributing a lot to their bottom line uh, you know this again remains to be the platform of choice uh, in india and that's the rest of the world category that's where they saw the most of the things uh, but you know that's all let's move on to something new that we have never covered in the past before was uber ads uber is testing their what they're calling is journey ads uh, where you know you can marketers can target riders by destination Uh, the journey ads will be shown in the uber app at least three times during the rider's journey uber will allow brands to place ads uh, using data drawn from riders travel history their precise geographic location for example if a user books a uber to a specific retailer cinema airport an advertiser could buy ads centered on that location obviously there are some privacy related questions uh, concerns things like that 
but Uber is saying it does not share user data with advertisers. The information that Uber shares is limited to aggregated information or other non-personal data such as percentage of users who clicked on an ad or number of users who visit the retail location of advertisers using our platform. Nevertheless, it's kind of creepy and I actually got a chance to see Uber ads last week when I was calling an Uber. I saw some Uber ads popped up. Now my counter to this thing is that look, the way I consume Uber app is I go, I request a ride and off I go, right? Uh, if it's going to take too long, I again, you know, go back to the app to see where it is and things like that or get the details of my car and how far it is. That's about it. I really do not pay attention to any of the ads that was displayed to me last week. And I've used Uber at least, I would say, one, two, three, five or six times last week, right? So that's quite quite frequent, um, but quite a lot in a week, but I just had to do it uh, because of necessity, and I did not pay attention. However, what is creepy is that Uber does have my location, like starting starting location and uh, destination. So if I were to go something, uh, I don't know, maybe to a bar, right? And I do not know if what kind of data is Uber saving, and Uber could be, that could be used against me, right? In the whatever. and. Maybe I got into an accident at the bar on the way back from the bar and to the government can, you know, request data from that. So this is quite a concern. Uber is saying you can target out of targeted apps on at any given time, but I'm sure that, you know, that's going to be like one of those hidden features down there, whatever, whatnot. Uh, folks, that's it. But, you know, keep in mind, it's a while it's great for marketers. It's also a big concern for privacy. It's just a tricky balance depending on which side of the, you know, uh, scale you're on. Uh, nevertheless, you know, if you want to target people who are going to a certain movie, maybe you can target them. Or maybe if they're going to a movie theater, you could target them. Either or. Okay, let's move on. So community summit from Facebook was this week and Facebook has announced a group, a range of new features for the groups. Uh, so first off, you need to know there are reels in groups now. Yeah. My God, I mean, and I think when Facebook finds something new that's working, they just overdo it, right? I really am not sure if we need Reels in Facebook. I mean, you know, it's gonna be great if I was getting paid to Reels, but again, this is one of those things where, yeah, group members can create Reels, admins can create Reels, moderators can create Reels, but you have to just pick and choose what Reels you're gonna see and how it's gonna all co come up. It's gonna be very confusing. I mean, you know, groups, I thought was a way for me to go find information on a particular interest, but I think re Reels in groups are just too much. That's just me. Anyway, the next update is that the ability to share a public Facebook event for your community to your Instagram story, whether you're a group admin hosting a meetup or to celebrate a community milestone or a group member sharing your passion with friends, this feature can help you showcase your community more broadly. Uh, Facebook's also testing new customization options for people's about me section specific to each community in order to better highlight relevant information for that audience along with a new indicator that highlights whether you're open to private messaging. I like this feature, right? Uh, next up, Facebook's also testing the ability to, for group admins and moderators to create view-only chats to send one-way communications to all of their members without having to maintain or respond to messages in the chat and having a new, and a new process to highlight top contributing members who will earn points by taking on group engagement responsibilities. I like this update. 
next up is Facebook is also trying out a new element within admin assist that will enable group admins to implement an automatic removal of posts containing information such as determined by Meta's third party fact checkers. That's also quite good. I mean, especially if you have a group uh, that kind of goes like maybe promoting cryptos, things like that, you can kind of, you know, take a back seat. But at the same time, if you are something that you don't uh, agree with, this will, uh, I guess, stifle or show, right? If you're an anti-vaxxer, again, I'm just saying, uh, not that I'm saying one way is better than the other, but you know, say you don't believe in vaccines and Meta's third-party fact-checker are saying this and they're gonna kill this option, right? They're not gonna show your post. So it's a double-edged sword, but anyway, now you know. Next up, moving on to Instagram. Instagram has announced creator portfolio option. This is part of their you know, creator marketplace that was launched back in July. Uh, so now they've op uh, the creator portfolio option will enable creators to build what's essentially a media kit type package in order to showcase their audience reach as well as previous brand work. Um, again, you know, it's part of the, you know, the Instagram's push to create the creator marketplace where, you know, businesses can connect with uh, creators and do collaboration, of course, at a fee. Okay. Moving on, the Google, uh, Google's John Mueller and let me see, Lizzie Sassman was again on, uh, on the podcast, episode 48 of Search of the Record podcast. And they wanted to talk about file names and ranking factors, right? What they're saying is, again, by file name, I, what I mean is that image file names do play, play a role. Uh, so what they're saying is that Google uh, image, image file names should be given a meaningful name. It's also a good practice to uh, give meaningful names to images because it makes it easier for organizational purpose to be able to see the image file name and know what it's all about. Right. Again, what this basically boils down to is, hey, do not name your image new.1, new, new.1, new, 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 3.1, new, 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 1.jpg. Just don't do that, right? You know, uh, image, the gist is image file names that are descriptive are helpful from an image stand, search standpoint because they help Google understand what an image is all about. All text and text surrounding the image provide a stronger and more important signal about the image than the file name. Changing the image file name of an already indexed image has minimal effect and will likely won't make it better. Changing the file name of an, in, of an indexed image may result in the renamed image going uncrawled and not indexed for months. And last week in our episode 130, we talked about uh, the importance of all text and why and the best practices around it. Give it a listen if you haven't heard about it or read up the show notes. And this week, you know, we're talking about the image file and they're both equally important. I hope you take this seriously and moving on to the next updates. So the question to Google's John Mueller was, you know, hey, GOIP based restrictions, what's the one thing I should do? Uh, and what John Mueller is saying is that, you know, geo, but before I go into GOIP, what is GOIP based redirection? It is a, it's a process automatically redirecting a website visitor by the geolocation, right? It works by detecting the visitor's location from the IP address by matching it against a database of IPs and locations. So for example, if you have a website, let's just say uh, a certain site for people in New York versus people in California versus people in UK right it detects the first page detects which location you're coming from and it will redirect uh, you can see this in something like cnn.com if you are in the us it shows cnn america if you're in europe uh, it shows some other world uh, destination uh, 
cover page, CNN.com cover page. So what it is. So John is saying, look, it's a very complex topic and causes can cause headaches depending on how it's implemented. However, if you have a site, something that redirects based on where you are coming from, the important aspect here is that Google will always crawl from one location, right? It always got one location. So if you are showing different content by location, only one version of that will be indexed for search. So because of that, if there's something you consider important on your website, make sure it's the default content that's shown to all users. And finally, if there are any page you want to have uh, findable in search, make sure you're not blocking users in another locations from reaching that page. It's a very short sentence, but there's a lot in here. Rule of thumb is that you want default content that across the board put them in the default section so that you know it doesn't get rerouted or whatever um, based on country like what who you are what you do things like that and you know if you're blocking it make sure you're blocking the right country or if you make sure you look at where Google bot is coming from and then you kind of make sure that the default content is being shown to Google bot because if Google is not finding it the content is not going to get indexed if it's not going to get indexed it's not going to get ranked and if it's not going to get ranked you're not going to get visitors I hope that helps Next up, uh, John has said, you know, just using a uh, slash question mark at the end of a URL does not make it a unique URL. You need to have at least one character after that question mark, right? Uh, so that's what John is saying. And it was in relation to a question that was asked someone to John, hey, what is considered a unique URL? So unique URL is obviously www.yoursitename.com That's one unique URL. And then if you have www.sitename.com com slash question mark it's not unique but if you want it to be really unique it and then question mark and a letter one or letter a or number one or number two anything after that question mark would consider it to be unique so again if you're doing seo work technical seo work keep that in mind um so the next question again is like hey my if my site is in non-english do i need to have english url and john is saying you know look don't worry over it. Uh, you don't need to have English URL if your site is in, in non-English, right? You can, if your site is in, say, Hindi, uh, happy Diwali to all, by the way, who are listening to this and who are celebrating Diwali. Uh, if your site is in Hindi, uh, then you can have Hindi URLs. Again, URLs are overrated. They don't really play a whole lot of, uh, uh, they don't give a, they don't play a whole lot of, um, how do I say? They don't give too much weight to the whole you ranking thing, so don't worry about it. But you know, you want your URL to be meaningful. You want your URL to be you know descriptive, so that someone in you know, bookmarking or looks at the URL will know what this URL is all about. That's all there is. By the way, uh, Google spam update is rolling out. It's been about a, almost a year. The last time it updated was in November 2021. It's been. Um, uh, spam update what it is uh, Google's automate while Google's automated systems uh, are good to detect search spam and but and constantly improving they occasionally make notable improvements to how they work when they do that they refer this as a spam update and they share um, through announcements like the one they did and you know we are sharing with you so the spam algorithm is called uh, I think it's called spam brain uh, it's their artificial intelligence-based spam prevention system. Uh, so again, 
they update it once in a while. This is about, it's been the last time update, major update was happened uh, in November 2021. This is October 2022. So now they're doing it after 11 months. Uh, it launched on October 19th at around 11 a.m. Uh, it's going to take a few days for it to roll out. Google hasn't indicated when it, Google will usually announce when it's done updating. Uh, again, it improves Google spam detection techniques. Uh, it's gonna. It's basically saying Google saying sites that violate our policies may rank lower in results or not appear appear in results at all. Uh, again, penalty is harsh. You don't want to be in there. You need to take a look at the Google spam policies. The link is in the show notes and make sure you're not doing any of the things that Google says do not do it. Now, you, the business owner, may be thinking, hey, we are kosher. We are a good business. We don't do anything. But, you know, you might have hired a you know, a SEO consultant, an SEO person who is doing like some of the stuff. This is why, folks, I say, you know, you need to have a third party, uh, you know, third party eyes and ears to kind of oversee some of these things uh, where they're making sure that what they're doing is right for you, right? A third opinion, a second opinion, something like that, uh, because it's worth the look. Right. Um, and that's about it, folks. So spam update is pretty important. Uh, I hope you take it seriously and you uh, pay attention to it because this will really pay dividends or may hurt you really badly. Next up, uh, YouTube ads. Uh, YouTube has announced Moment Blast and expanded product feeds for discovery ads. Moment Bla Blast is designed to reach viewers during events like live sports, movie releases, or product launches on connected TV. Uh, again, it's intended for brands looking to raise awareness during key moments like major sporting events, movie releases, or product launch. Uh, you know, YouTube has their own spiel on this thing, how great this is and how it's working. But at the end of the day, the basically moment plus is if you want to show your ads during NFL, things like that, you can do that. The next update is that YouTube is expanding product feeds to discovery ads to help advertisers scale their social media creative and reach more engaged viewers. Soon, product feeds will also include local offers allowing brands to show real-time availability for products in the Google Merchant Center so people can find the most convenient place to buy. Creators will also be able to transform their content into virtual storefronts. Uh, this... Let me think, what is this? Uh, oh, product feed for discovery ads. It's gonna be available in November 10th, so you have still some time on hand uh, to uh, plan for that. And also what you can do is plan for Black Friday. It's coming around. It's a few weeks away. Next up, Google Ads has updated their unavailable video policy. Uh, they've done this quite, uh, quite, they have done it quietly without too much fanfare. But basically, if you ever got uh, hit by an unavailable video policy and you weren't scratch you were scratching your head and you were not sure what this is now the updated site is going to help you because there are a few things four reasons why you could uh, have a uh, you could hit get hit by an unavailable video policy of course this applies to YouTube ads only um, number one if your video status changed to deleted after you submitted the ad uh, video status changed to private after submission video marked live premiere and the premiere is still ongoing and lastly video is marked sponsors or members only and you're trying to run ads with those videos so if you get hit by any of the unavailable video policy check these four things and that will help you Next update, uh, Google Ads uh, slash YouTube Ads are making some seasonal video ad templates available. Uh, so this is going to help you with Diwali, Hanukkah, Christmas, or any like Cyber Monday, Black Friday. Uh, again, Google is pushing and making it easier for you to create uh, videos. 
uh, on those occasions. Uh, as with all of the templates, you can customize them with your images, logos, brand colors, and text. Uh, videos can be used uh, in campaigns such as performance max campaigns, video action campaigns, and app campaigns. Lastly, a quick thing, uh, Google Ads has added three new reporting columns. There's nothing else shattering. Previously, you could have done this using you know, custom, combi uh, custom calculation, but now Google is showing three things like results, results value, and conversion goals. Results shows the number of conversions you have received across your primary conversion actions for each of the standard goals in your account. In addition, you will also see the impact that campaign is driving against goals not optimized, not it is not optimizing towards. So for example, if you are calculating lead form and sales, but it also there is a call, call ads, uh, and you're not calculating that, it's going to show you, hey, this thing, your campaign has generated like, you know, 400 leads and 800 sales. And by the way, there were 25 calls. So that's the results. Results value shows the calculated conversion values you have received across your primary conversion actions for each of the standard goals in your account against a dollar amount. And lastly, conversion goals shows the goals listed in your campaign level settings that drive performance. So it's just aggregating data, showing it in a nicer way so that you, the business owner, or you or the marketing team has a better uh, understanding of what's happening across the board. It doesn't really change any functionality. It's just something helpful. Lastly, big updates for this week is that Google Ads, uh, audio ads are now available, or you could say YouTube audio ads are now available, uh, depending on how you look at it. Uh, Google is saying YouTube is the second most popular destination for listening to podcasts. Now, all Google advertisers, by the way, that is based on some research data from Edison Research. Now, all Google advertisers can reach podcast listeners with audio ads on YouTube. Audio ads are also served to people who listen to music on YouTube. However, there is an option to limit targeting to a podcast listener if that's who you are primarily interested in targeting i love this that's why this is the most this is the highlight of this week while there's not much to talk about it i just like it because now uh, guess what you can listen target podcast listeners based on certain genre and hopefully uh, grow your podcast or grow your business and I'm, we're going to try it out here at market and grow and see how our podcast does when we run audio ads with that folks that's it for this week in marketing now you know everything to be in the know once again, this is your host, Sajid Islam, signing off. Until next week, take care. Bye-bye.